Any of you made any New Year's resolutions? Not to make any. I made three. <sighs> but uh, then Trish makes a few for me as well. This year, 327. The first seven all say the same, buy me some flowers. Um, what we thought we'd do this year at different times of the year is to thank people for the way they serve the church so faithfully. And uh, we're going to do it probably once a month just to highlight some people who serve behind the scenes. We rarely see what they do. So this morning, Becky Clay, I just want to come and say thank you to you. <laughs> okay, that's with our love, for the way you've just organized so much of this last year. We love you. Thank you. Okay. We're doing the last of our Advent series. Um, as you know, throughout this is um, number six, the Advent series. And Joe Swinney's book has been absolutely brilliant, following through from Genesis to Revelation, the story of, of Jesus. Nick, do we have my overheads up? Um, but what I love about January, I mean, I love Christmas and all that, fantastic. But you know what I love about January? Um, these are back in the shops. <laughs> Cadbury's cream eggs. So, Rebecca, happy birthday. <laughs> no, don't tell us that. Don't tell us that. <laughs> so we'll look at the, the last in the series of um, the Advent series. Remember, Advent is the, the coming of Jesus. We're waiting for the, the coming of Jesus, and we've done that, and Christmas Day has arrived. And now we're in the season of waiting for the return of Jesus. We're in that in-between stage where Jesus returned to heaven, and we're living in that, in that waiting period for his return. And that is the great promise we have that he is going to return. And this morning's reading is taken from Revelation chapter 21. Okay, so let's read it together. Here we go. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their, eye, from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And when Joe read that scripture out this morning, I nearly fell off my chair thinking, you've got it, Joe, absolutely right. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. 
Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Now, as we move into this new year, I want to ask you a question. What's your focus? What is your focus going to be on? I'm a, I'm, I love sports. I love watching all sports. And um, I don't know if you notice um, the 100 meters runners. When they get down on their marks, have you noticed how they stare ahead? They don't look to the left or right. They're staring right down at the finishing line. And they're staring intently, not blinking, just staring at it. And notice dart players do the same when they're playing darts. They're there, and they're looking at that treble 20 before they throw the dart. And Johnny Wilkinson, you know, the England number 10 rugby player, when he was taking a penalty, you know, he does all his, his, his preparation. And then he looks up. And they asked him, what were you looking at? He says, I'm looking at a person in the 27th row behind the posts, and that's who I'm kicking the ball to. I'm aiming just for that person. And what he was saying was, I'm focusing on the result. I'm focusing where the, I'm going to end. I'm not looking at the ball, I'm looking at where I'm heading. So my question to you this morning, what are you focusing on? Um, the, the two chapters in Matthew that Jesus talks about his return. The disciples say to him, you know, tell us about your return then. You tell us you're going. When are you coming back? And these two chapters are quite amazing. Um, he doesn't give them the answer because he himself doesn't know. Only God the Father knows when Jesus is going to return. But he said to them, don't be misled or deceived. And he keeps saying that phrase three or four times in chapter 24. He says, don't be misled. Don't be deceived. People can come and say, oh, here he is or there he is. He says, no, just focus on the truth and wait. I want to give you an illustration. I'm, I'm always challenged because Simon Winchcombe always does these brilliant illustrations. So I've got an illustration here this morning. I want you to imagine this piece of rope is your life. And the red bit is your time on earth. Now, for some of you, you're coming towards the end. For some of you, you're right at the beginning. But this represents about anything between 80 and 120 years, depending on your theology. Um, I think we could go to 120 as a maximum, but who knows. But this is your life on earth. And then the white is your time with Jesus. Daniel, can you come here? Can you do me a favor? Can you just start walking with that? And this white is your time in heaven. And it goes on. Keep walking around. And on and on and on. This is your time with your Father in heaven. Now stop a minute. Those 80 to 120 years, they seem so far away now, don't they? Keep walking around. This is your time that you're going to spend with your Father in heaven. Great, thanks. Drop it on the floor. My question to you is, how long is your piece of rope? Where's your focus?
Is it on the return of Jesus? Do we have our focus knowing that he is coming back for us? Or is it on your pension plan? If Jesus was returned tomorrow, what would you do differently today? If you suddenly got a message saying, yep, he's coming back tomorrow, what would you do differently today? John Wesley was asked this question. They said to him, if Jesus was returned tomorrow, what would you do today? And John Wesley looked up, picked up his diary. Well, at 4 o'clock, I'm having my dinner. At 6 o'clock, I'm visiting Mrs. Smith in hospital. At 7.30, I'm leading the Bible study at the local church. And then tomorrow morning, well, I'll wake up in glory. In other words, he said, I do nothing different. I'm living my life as though he's returning today anyway. And that was John Wesley's reply. But what about us today? Because I think we've been misled and deceived. We've been told that, oh, Jesus is coming back, but we're so full of what's happening in this life and the, and the problems and the issues and all the rest of it that we tend to have forgotten that this life is transient, is short. And we don't focus on the truth of living with Jesus. And so we, we get caught up with that. I mean, I've got a pension plan, and you know, I'm thinking my age, start thinking about retirement and all the rest. But what would you do differently today if you knew Jesus was returning tomorrow? Would you be picking up the phone to a, to a relative that you've uh, fallen out with and not spoken to for years saying, can we talk? Can, can, can I ask forgiveness? Or would it be to, to somebody that um, you had an argument with last week? I always remember um, I was in the church in Lincoln. I was uh, one of the, on the pastoral team, and, and I changed the home groups around. I restructured the home groups. And, and one guy didn't like that idea because he didn't like change. And he was so upset that he, he stopped coming to church because I'd rearranged the home groups. And Trish said to me, Mark, you've got to go and visit this guy. I said, yeah, I will, I will. I mean, I, I'll, I'll visit him soon. A couple of days later, Trish said to me again, have you visited him yet? I said, no, no, I'll get round it. I'll do it, I'll do it. And I didn't. Third time, she says, have you visited him yet? I said, I'll go now. So I went round to Ron's house, a guy called Ron, knocked on his door, went in, and um, we chatted. I apologized if I'd hurt him. We talked about the changing of the groups, and in the end, he was fine. We prayed together. We hugged. Brilliant. Everything was back to normal. Was it five days later? He dropped down dead. He had a heart attack and dropped down dead. And I think to myself, what if I hadn't been nagged by my wife to go and speak to him? Oh, sorry, I mean encouraged. <laughs> what if I'd have put off doing what I needed to do? And I think we live in that type of a society today. Well, we fall out with somebody, well, it's their fault. They can sort it out. Let me just stop for one minute and give you time to think. If Jesus returned tomorrow, what would you be doing today? Just stop and think for a second.
And if it's, you think, well, I, I would phone this relative up, then do it today. If it was, well, I've got all this money under my mattress, I should give to the church to get an evangelist down the streets to, to save Fox Hill, well, do it. This isn't a theory exercise we live. This is our life with Jesus. And it might be that you need to restructure some of your priorities. We've tended to buy into the lie that life will just go on and that's it. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where, no, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where do we put our focus today? What is your focus on? Martin Luther wrote this. He says, live like Jesus died yesterday, rose today, and is coming back tomorrow. But do we live like that honestly? Or are we worrying what's going to happen to us in 10 years' time or 20 years' time? Do we have everything in place for our retirement, for whatever? I think we've become... I don't know, just remember the film The Walking Dead? That we're just carrying on our lives regardless. And yet the return of Jesus is going to happen. When Jesus came to earth, he showed us glimpses of heaven. He showed us what it was going to be like in heaven. There was healing, there was forgiveness. And what do we say every nearly every week and we say the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it's been done in heaven. In other words, the way they're living in heaven right now is how we should be living on earth. It says, your will, your way be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, as it's been done in heaven. So we've got a lifestyle to live which should be replicating what they're living in heaven. And it's a lifestyle of worship, of sacrifice, of forgiveness. That's how we should be living. Because that's what we're going to discover for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. But we get wrapped up in the complexities of today's life and the, and the worries of today. And we tend to forget that Jesus is coming soon. We're looking forward to the redemption of our bodies, as it says in Romans 8, where there'll be no more tears. What did we read in, that, in Revelation? He will wipe every tear from our eye. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more death or mourning. There'll be no more pain or suffering. There'll be no more crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. But we're living in an imperfect world where there is pain, there is suffering, there is cancer. We know all that. But as we sang this morning, 
we must remember the goodness of God and live our lives for that purpose. For the glory yet to come. To live our lives today in the certainty of what is coming. The return of Jesus. So my challenge to you at the start of this year is, where's your focus? What are you staring at? What are you looking at? Where is your focus today? Because whatever you focus on, that's where you'll put your energy. That's where you'll put all your, all your strength, all your, your thoughts, all your, your money. That's, that's what you'll go for. Can I encourage you to focus this year on Jesus? I said last week, we want to be a church this year that hears the voice of God in this meeting, that hears him speaking into our daily lives. This is the way you walk in it. Go and speak to that person. Go and share the good news of that person. We, my heart is to see an active church fully engaged with God and saying, yeah, come on, we're going for it big time. We're putting Jesus first at our own sacrifice. It will cost. It'll cost some people in their pocket. It'll cost them their time, their energy. It'll cost. But we're doing it for the eternity that lies before us. For the promise of the eternal life that God has given to us. Let me pray for you. Father, we look forward to the day where there's no more tears, no more death, no more pain, no more suffering. And we're not living in those days yet, Lord, but we fix our eyes on you. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Our lives start and end with you, Lord. Give us the courage to focus this year on what is important, to focus, Lord, on your return, to focus on how we bring your kingdom down on earth. Lord, my resolution this year is to live my life to your glory. Every choice we make, every decision I make will be to your glory. And I just pray for you all this morning, you'll know the blessing of God on your lives this year. As we were praying earlier, I got a real sense, um, we're going to see teenagers in the church returning to their passion for Jesus. So let's make that a prayer that we make. Lord, let that happen. The teenagers who've walked away or, or, or just seem to have lost their way, they'll find their way back. The sense this is going to be here, that's going to happen. So, Father, we give you our lives today. We thank you for this time together that you are with us. And at the start of this new year, we commit our lives to your service. In Jesus' name, amen.